Hi everyone, and welcome to another Bible study at One Love Live and Love Walk, and I am your host, Leela Winston. I pray that you are well and God is blessing in your life. As you know, we come together to read in the Word of God so that we can practically apply it and also so that we can um, discover the purpose of our lives. And so I hope that you have been well. I hope that you have been learning and reading in your Bible. And so we have been going through sort of practically applying the Word of God in the demonstration or in the practical um, living out of our purpose. And so I want to point something out about working out what it is that God has given us in terms of purpose and in terms of faith and in terms of the work that he wants us to do. And I want to point out Abraham for you. I want our study to look at Abraham. And so um, our anchor text is Romans chapter four, verse two and five. You know this verse very well. And I want to note here that God did not give Abraham righteousness, righteousness, because his works warranted it, right? He was not owed righteousness. So I want you to read Romans chapter four, verse two and five with that in mind. God does not owe um, Abraham righteousness, right? So let's begin. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt, but to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. That is Romans chapter four, verse two and five. So righteousness is awarded for believing, not for working, right? But works of obedience we give because of love. There's some important points that we need to understand about the kingdom of God and how this works, because a lot of people sometimes get it confused. They think they can do some things and get brownie points, and they think, this is going to get them into heaven, or they think they don't have to do anything at all, right? But works of obedience we give because of love. So God doesn't give righteousness because of works of our own righteousness. And we do works of obedience because of our love to him. It is your service to God. In fact, the scripture tells us what love is. It said, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. That's first John chapter four and 10. And even in John, the, um, of one of the disciples, it says something very important. Jesus Christ says this out of his very own mouth in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. So you see works of obedience are the proper response to God's love. That's important to understand. Works of obedience are the proper response to God's love. It's not so that you could get righteousness or some sort of reward or something like that. It is the proper response. Works of repentance are the proper response to God's grace and mercy. So once again, we're looking at the proper response to love and the proper response to grace and mercy. So we're seeing this isn't about you gaining some sort of righteousness by the things that you're doing, right? This is a certain kind of works. This is the culture of the kingdom of heaven. And that is what we have to understand that there are rules in place that actually kind of work. And if you look at the scripture, it's pretty demonstrative about that. But a lot of times you have to kind of go through and put things together. See, every country and every people group has culture, even if they're a fringe group, a small 
sect, a small ethnic minority. They have some kind of culture, right? So don't believe those who say that this is not so, that these people don't have culture or this, this person doesn't have culture. No, everybody's got it. Look, that's what makes us different <laughs> in many ways. It indicates, anyone who says that it indicates that they just sort of lack understanding of what culture is or they're ignorant about it. And that's really quite possible. Not everybody is a so socialist. I'm, I'm sorry, not socialist is, um, you know, trained in sociology and things of that nature. And I just want to give you an example. When I was in Yoruba land in Lagos, Nigeria, people often greeted elders by touching the ground or prostrating. And then when I was among the Chinese, the youngest person at the table, at the dining room table was responsible for eating any of the leftover food in the dishes that no one ate. And then of course, when I'm among African-Americans, I know there's a proper level of distance that you put between people when you speak to them. And then also when it comes to Anglo-Europeans, I understand that continuous eye contact during conversations are necessary. This is culture and you have to understand that the kingdom of God has its own, right? You can't just appropriate, you can't just put your own culture on top of it and say that's good enough. And in the culture of the kingdom, the proper response to love is love. And to God, that looks like obedience. And that is what we have to understand as believers. The Bible teaches us in Proverbs chapter 20, 27 verse five, that open rebuke is better than secret love. So the Bible needs our love to be demonstrative and he needs it to be open. You can't secretly, you can't be a secret Christian, a down low Christian. (laughs) Nobody knows it's you. You know, you're a Christian, uh, undercover Christian. No, no, no. That's not how that works. So love requires demonstration and openness. Yes, openness, right? Everyone can be open. Everyone can demonstrate love, right? Love might look different ways for different people, but it has to, they have to get it. They can't just not get it, right? People can, it's not good enough that people don't know, right? Because your love, if it's secret, If there's no difference, they can't know, right? And some people, they actually say that, you know, the the way that it is expressed between people is different. And to some degree, that is true. But I think that we overlook the immense catalog of the human experience when we say that only, right? I remember when I was in college, I had this really interesting experience where I was, you know, I was a young journalism student and they gave you this big equipment, like equipment has changed over the years, but they give you all this big equipment and you have to go out and you have to shoot your own B-roll. You have to talk to your sources and whatnot. And I happened to have an appointment. I decided to take this little trolley, you know, down, you know, downtown. And when I got off the trolley, I had, you know, shot all my, my B-roll. I'd done all of my interviews and I was getting ready to go back to my dorm room. I realized that the camera was gone. Like the whole camera with all of my, you know, recorded interviews and all of the B-roll and everything I needed. And this was a pretty important assignment. And I just remember bursting out into tears. Like I was just heartbroken. I think it was a midterm to be honest. And I was so heartbroken because I knew this was going to reflect badly. One, because I lost, you know, the university's property. And then two, because I lost my assignment. I think that I was more broken up about losing my assignment because we had had to put in some kind of deposit, you know, at the beginning of the year. So, you know, that wasn't a big deal, but it was the fact that I had lost my assignment. I remember I was sobbing so terribly and I will never forget a man came up to me 
um, a black man came up to me and he was like, what's wrong? And I said, I lost my camera. I was just so heartbroken. You know, that man, he let me put his head on his chest and he let me cry until I sobbed it all out. (laughs) He did. He patted me on the shoulder. He said, it's going to be okay. I understand you're upset. And that man let me cry. And I never forget he had this white shirt on. And I remember thinking it was so nice. And he did. And he let me cry on it, right? Like it was a really nice shirt. And I remember that when I was crying, I was like, wow, I think I'm messing up his shirt. And after I cried, he gave me a plan. He said, this is what we're going to do to try and get the camera back. And we followed that plan and we got the camera back. So people can, men can be very kind and generous and demonstrative and good to people. And I think we have to remember that. This is part of our life. And I think that, you know, we have to think of the ways you can't just say, I love God and and do nothing. Yeah, I don't praise God. I don't sing. I don't do any of these things. And I'm not telling you, you need to faint on the floor of your church and, you know, pivot and, and flip around like a fish out of water. I'm not telling you, you need to do that, but we do have to be demonstrative, right? Because I think that society tells men and women, young people and old people that there are some emotions and responses that are acceptable for them and some that are not. And a lot of times we base this on gender roles concocted by different cultures, just like the notion of hell having no fury like a woman scorned is a fable that doesn't actually match biblical record or the human experience. So these ideas are prevalent, you know, from demonstrating high character and maturity in interactions with others, you know, and I think this is really something we see. There are ruthless and frigid and cold women who cry and pretend to be fragile because that is what society requires when she's absolutely the opposite. And this is why love is so huge, because what if she's a submissive woman, but she's malicious. Or what if he leads the family, but he steals from the job or he beats his wife? Or what if the person speaks kindly, but they also steal? You have to understand that the ability to interact with others in a way that is appropriate is what love is, right? We learn that love is a boundary. It's not just saying, well, this is me and that's how it's just going to be. You know, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it's one that we all need to learn and it leads to maturity. We understand we don't give people what we want. We give them what they need. Character is developed over time and one must grow or mature in love. And it is how we respond to things in the life that determines whether our love grows or stays small. The Bible says it is our own responsibility to work out our own salvation in Philippians chapter two, verse 12. It says, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What is he talking about? Notice the writer in Philippians is talking about obedience. He says that in the first statement, he says, wherefore my beloved, as you have always obeyed. Think about that. Notice he's talking about 
obedient. He is assured of the church that he is speaking with because he knows that they are going to obey. And love is the motivation for the kingdom to come to earth as we see in John chapter 3 verse 16. Love shows both respect and affection or genuine care for the other individual through acts and deeds. And God tells us how to do that. He teaches us his love language. I don't do good things for good people I love because I'm hoping to be rewarded, right? I do it because to do good things for good people is a reward in itself. It is a reward to do something good for someone that you love. And this is the difference between love and law. Love fulfills the law without consequence and of free will. Duty fulfills it because of fear and of retribution or to gain a reward. Love is the equivalent of character. If you really want to understand love in a better way, you don't need a contract or a surveillance camera for someone with character to hold your purse or your wallet. When you go to the laboratory, the person you are working with has character and you know they do, it means that you can leave it and come back and you know everything will be fine. And this is where I also kind of struggle, okay? I'm going to tell you this. I struggle to believe that people that say that, you know, someone hit their character for years and years on end or months on end, no, I just don't think that is possible. There is this proverb that says character is like pregnancy. You'll eventually find it out. And character is like body odor. It will eventually be known. And sooner rather than later, because these are things that cannot be hidden. People can maybe hide their character, let's say for three months. Maybe if you guys aren't spending so much time together. But eventually that's going to come out. And love is an influencer on character. See, because someone who loves you doesn't steal from you. Someone who loves you doesn't abuse you. Someone who loves you doesn't lie to you. And someone who loves you ensures that you rest and take care of your body. And someone who loves you isn't jealous or envious of you. You see, truth is, is, is something that many people, I think, really just don't have. You know, they don't have that love you know, in them, right? To understand what love is. They think it's just this goofy feeling, you know, of, uh, you know, attraction. Love is way beyond that, right? Love is the highest character there is. That is why God is love. It is also why the Bible calls love royal. And we see this in James chapter two, verse eight. It says, if you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. That's James chapter two, verse eight. Remember also that believers are called royal priests. So there again is the imperative for love. If you're going to be royal, if you're going to be a royal priesthood, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's First Peter chapter two, verse nine, to be royal is to love, to show love. And it is difficult to do that if you do not know what love is from the perspective 
of the kingdom of God. I really want to say that. I hope you will underline that it is from the perspective of the, of the kingdom of God, because mankind's idea of love is really silly. It's fickle and it involves only good feelings. We must seek to find God's version. Then we will see how God's love matures us, builds character, keeps boundaries and puts us in line for God's goodness. I pray. I truly do. I pray you learn the amazing beauty of what it means to love in the way that God intends for it to be. But not only God and others, but also to love yourself. You can't say you love if you do not show the same level of love and affection to yourself. Are you affectionate to yourself? Are you good to yourself? Or do you just ignore the problems? Yeah, I know that shouldn't be happening. I'm in pain. This is the case, but I'm just going to push through. No, where's your love and affection for you, right? Often people who love outward, but not inward, forget to do the same extravagance for themselves, right? You got to do that same extravagance for yourself. Let love mature and work out your soul salvation. Understand that love is also obedience to God. Let love grow. We do this through working out our soul salvation through obedience to God. I pray that God gives you revelation on this and you continue in this throughout the year, that your love would grow, not that fickle kind that mankind talks about, but the kind that's powerful, that changes character, that changes the world, that changes your world. May God bless you. Bye. that do not fit within the context of a believer's life. So if you have resources or uh, services or products that you think would be edifying to the body of Christ, even if you also have a podcast and you'd like to advertise that here, I would be happy to share that with listeners. You can reach out to me, check out the link in the description, and you can also contact me um, at the link below there's a little contact section and you can leave me a message so thanks so much don't forget to follow me on social media and i i'm at twitter.com forward slash one love live that's o-n-e-l-u-b-l-i-v-e thanks so much god bless and i look forward to hearing from you bye